Hi everyone and welcome to In Conversation, a new video series from Shift. Today our video partner is Impact and we're going to be talking about the virtual sales cycle and how sales teams can take their enablement to video and virtual. Our guest today is Zach Bassner. He is the Director of Inbound Training and Video Strategy at Impact. So welcome Zach. Hi. Thank you, Grace. Super excited to be here with you. Excited to talk video. Any excuse Always. I have to talk about it is just amazing. So, <laughs> Hard agree from me. Thank you so much for being here. I'd love if you could start off by just telling us a little bit about impact on a high level, what you guys do, and, and specifically, Zach, what you do at the company. Yeah, impact is a digital sales and marketing company. We specialize in training and consulting. So we're a little bit different than a typical marketing or sales agency in that uh, we don't do a lot of implementation. Instead, we train our clients to be fully self-sufficient when it comes to their digital sales and marketing success. And that takes place in workshops or consulting calls. And we work with our clients for sometimes up to a couple of years to get them to the point where they're fully confident, fully insourced, fully in-house. And my role within the company is to oversee all of our training offerings and also the way that we teach and talk about video strategies specifically. And I've specialized in that for the past four years. I've, I've been in uh, content marketing for a while, but I specialize in video for the past four years. It's been really incredible helping companies with their insourcing journey. And uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about what I do. Yeah. And, and what I find most fascinating about what you're talking about is around the way you guys um, focus on video specifically for sales teams. I feel yeah. like um, well, the way most people use video, it's most often in marketing, obviously, yeah. you know, content marketing, advertising, showing us what you do. But when we talk about video for sales, what does that specifically look like? Like what problems are you solving for the sales team that, that video can address? Right. And, and here's what we know about today's buyer, which certainly affects the way that we sell. Our buyer today is more informed than they've ever been by the time they get to us, right? So when that zero moment of truth occurs, the studies show that over 70% of the buying decision has been made before they reach out to sales. They are uh, more skeptical, generally speaking, than normal. And they really want to have, they, they want to have this kind of upper hand and they want to have a good idea of what they want before they'll work with a salesperson. And so based on that, the way that the buyer has changed, the way that, that we sell has changed, and especially with video, because if you want to build trust and you want to have a highly educated prospect, uh, one of the best ways to do that is with content. But video content allows our prospects to see us, to hear us, and to know us before we see, hear, and know them. Now, the interesting thing is that's always been the case, you know, even when we, we could sell face to face and before we had right. the internet, like obviously that was the case. But I think the reason that it's especially relevant right now, even if you ignore what's happening in the world of COVID and everything, the ability to produce video content, it's much easier now. So the equipment is much more attainable. It's much easier uh, for the average person who's not a you know, cinematographer to be able to make video content. And it's very available to the marketplace most people consume video before they make a buying decision, which I think is pretty incredible. And so you take all of that. So it, this video content, because it allows our prospects to see here and know us, it builds trust much quicker and it can shorten the sales cycle by being able to address 
objections and issues in education, things like that, well in advance. We like to say the best time to eliminate a concern is before it becomes a concern. And right. you can use video to do that very easily. Right. I think another uh, uh, unique aspect of, of what you guys do is the way you talk about kind of internally produced video versus, let's say, externally produced video. So um, I know one of the services you offer is kind of embedding a videographer into a company or into a sales team where you say, hey, here's your videographer. This person is going to be producing all of your sales video content, which is much different than what I think is the normal uh, workflow, which is I'm going to go hire a production company or a producer or a director, some external service that's going to help me produce my video for my company. Why do you guys choose the kind of internal video route? What, what benefit does that bring? Yeah. Insourcing or ownership is what we like to say, right? Like owning your, uh, owning your ability to succeed with this without having to be dependent on somebody else. And there's at least two things, at least two major reasons why that is the better route versus having all of your videos produced by, by a production company. So the first thing is the amount of video content that you can produce when you've got the resources in house. What we've seen is that our most successful clients that have adopted video and, and uh, begin using it in the sales process mm -hmm. effectively, they're producing about two or three new videos per week. That's a lot of content. That's It'd be very, very difficult fast. to manage. Yeah, it, it would be very difficult to manage that kind of relationship with a production company to have that type of turnaround. Right. So if you think, well, we want to produce a lot of video content, the best way to do that is to have the resources in-house. It's just, there, there's so many reasons why it's much faster. And then the second reason is, is the cost. Mm -hmm. So you consider the average uh, salary of an in-house videographer at this point is somewhere between 50 to 80,000, depending on how skilled this person is and exactly what you need from them. So you take that and you say, okay, they can produce over a hundred videos for us per year, 120, something like that. If you do the math and you take that same amount of video content and you take it to a production company, it's not the, that the production company is trying to gouge or, uh, or anything like that, but that's just what, I mean, it it's would be expensive. significantly more expensive yeah. Yeah, for, for you to, to, to contract with the production partner to do that. And that all, all that to say, I mean, we still offer video production at impact. That's actually is one of the implementation services we'll offer because there's times in which people, they just need videos fast and, and they're not trying to produce 120 videos. They, yeah. you know, they just need a few real fast, uh, or maybe it's outside the scope of what their videographer can do. So I certainly believe that there still definitely is a place for production companies. There's no doubt about that. But given the, the amount of content that needs to be produced in sales and the fact that it's, you can use a very formulaic approach to, to produce it. Uh, it's just, there's a clear correlation that the companies that are most successful with using video in the sales process, they have in-house videographers. Yeah. I can also imagine having, uh, having been on both sides of the coin, actually having worked for production companies in the past and also worked for brands that, that uh, hired out production companies, the, the knowledge you get from being kind of inside the four walls of the company and hearing day in and day out um, the brand voice, the tone, the, the messaging that's trying to go out, again, having, having been on both sides, um, there's a lot of learning time and, and kind of a learning curve of me trying to understand your brand and what you need and how you speak to your audience and who your audience is. And a good production company will nail that right off the bat, but I can imagine there's also benefit of 
you're my videographer, you're in our sales meetings every single day, you know what our company does, you know what we're going for, and that kind of learning curve of the brand identity kind of goes away. Yeah, this is such a great point because there's nobody is going to know your business and your buyer and the, the, the soul of the organization. And like you said, that brand voice as somebody who is, you know, going out to lunch with your, with your employees right. on a regular basis and getting to know, you know, it's just, you, you can't replace that. It's why we really, we don't really want, um, to be working with freelance writers too much either because it's the same thing. It's like if we, if we have the best shot of really earning trust and getting information as, as across as best as we can, then it needs to come from us. And then also, you know, one thing I wanted to mention too, Grace is about the quantity of video that I mentioned. A lot of people might hear that and go, Holy Moses, like 120 videos a year. Why on earth would I need that many videos? You do have to consider, you know, if you look at the sales process, if you were to go to an average sales rep and say, how many questions did you answer this week? Yeah, dozens, right? Yeah. Maybe hundreds, yeah. they might say. And so if, we're, if we have a good shot of addressing all of those things, and once again, using, so the, for, from the insourcing perspective, not only having resources in-house to produce the video, but also using your talent that works there to deliver the content, right? So that's, that's another thing that really necessitates this ownership that I was talking about. It's not just about insourcing and having the ability to do it in-house, but owning it in terms of all of the content that's being produced really should be uh, featuring your subject matter experts, your sales folks. Right. Yeah. That that's, makes perfect sense. I, I'm curious now as we talk about uh, the world we're in today, and I can imagine, I mean, everyone right now is talking about going virtual, going video, we really have no choice right now. Obviously, we're all in our own homes. You cannot do face-to-face -face pitching. You cannot do sales meetings. You cannot go meet with clients. So I imagine that video has become even more significant now than it has in the past. Can you talk a little bit about some of the um, changes you've seen you know, in these last couple months in, in how you guys are working with your clients? Yeah. You know, before all of this happened, it seemed like we were really like, it's like we're trying to get the word out. Like, Hey, video is important. You need to be thinking about this. This is really, this is, this is changing the way that people buy. And it took a lot of convincing. Now it's like very, very top of mind. Everybody yeah. gets it. And so we're, we're beyond the, is this important to do or not? I think for a lot of our clients, well, the ones that were already kind of embracing a visual culture, what we call the visual sale, this has just made them step it up a notch, but especially for folks who may have been resistant to, to this kind of philosophy of visual sale before, like you said, it's not really an option to not be virtual at this point. And it's interesting. You, you don't want to get into virtual sales and not know what you're doing. You don't want to fumble with it for too long. And I think the biggest thing that we're seeing is teams want, want effective training very fast and they want to be able to keep, doing things the way that they were doing it in terms of efficiency. This is the biggest concern that I see is that, well, if we are adapting to this new virtual sales model, what kind of effect is that going to have on the, the amount of time it takes to close a deal? Right. What kind of effect is that going to have on, the, on our salesperson's time? Now they've got to go back and forth with email and do all of these things. And so they're worried about more of like the, the efficiency of a virtual sales process. And the beautiful, the most beautiful thing is that with video, 
you can cut back on so much. Like you can really, really make things efficient and really scale out the time that your salespeople are spending and also optimize the time that your prospects have as well. So you, you think about it like this, you know, everybody's all hopped up on zoom and it's like, okay, well we can talk face to face and do all these things, but let's be honest, like we're more protective of our time now. And so is it really that, is it really that desirable for your prospect to be able to have a virtual call with you? Instead, what we can do with video is we can drastically cut down that time they have to, to spend like scheduling a meeting, showing up at a certain time, spending time with you. Instead, we can send them video content. They can consume it on their own time. They could watch it as much as they want, rewatch things. They can share it with people. And, and the beautiful thing about that is that this way, you're not playing a game of telephone. If you're not working with a decision maker directly, you send a video. Now everybody's getting the proper information. So I think it's more of, uh, it's not so much scared to embrace visual or video, but people just want to do it efficiently, which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Have you found that you've had to do more of, or a different type of training when you're talking to these sales teams? We were talking about earlier how, you know, if you've been a salesman for the last 30 years and you're used to doing something one way, suddenly now you cannot do that anymore. So I imagine that the kind of training value propositions that you're giving your clients now have changed on the same side of that coin. The concerns that are coming to you from your clients are probably now changing. So are you having to kind of, um, you know, meet them where they are and, and help them get ramped up in a way that maybe they weren't expecting to do? Absolutely. We've had to design and kind of reconfigure some of our consulting services to cater to working with sales teams directly. And, and one thing that we were experiencing before is because it wasn't super top of mind for sales teams to be, to be doing things like this, we would be consulting with a marketing team or marketing leadership within, a, within an organization. And we're essentially training them to go and train the sales team. And it was like this, this, you kind of had this middleman and it was tough to really see what was working. Now, we are working directly with sales managers, directly with sales teams, getting them all the training that they need. We pushed up our um, progress on our online courses. So we're developing, we've been developing uh, an online learning resource called Impact Plus. And we had to really put our foot on the gas and, and go, look, this, this training needs to be available for everybody very soon. We need to focus on sales professionals and getting them the training that they need. So that's one thing that we've really focused on is, you know, we, it's been much harder to scale of our consultants versus just making course material that people can get immediate training. So I think those have been the most significant changes for somebody like us is that we are now working a lot more on digital sales with sales teams versus working on digital sales through a marketing team. Yeah. Would you have any advice for a sales team? You know, maybe someone watching this and thinking like, huh, this... <laughs> This sounds good. I, I think we should be producing more video or I think we should be embracing more of the kind of virtual sales process. Um, where is a good place to start? What, what, where can someone um, kind of take that first step to, to embracing video a little bit more? Yeah, so this is the best advice that I could give you. It's actually a type of video that you can make. 
So we have a, we, we have a system of videos that we call the selling seven. These are seven types of videos that we found and working with hundreds of companies over the past few years on their video journey. We found that these seven types of videos, they have the biggest impact on sales specifically on closing more deals, building more trust. And one of those videos in the selling seven is what we call the 80% video. And here's where the name comes from. If you were to go to most sales teams, to a sales rep on a typical sales team and say, out of all of the questions that you get on the first sales appointment, what percentage of those questions do you think are the same every single time? They would say somewhere around 80%. So that's 80% of the questions that they hear on the first sales appointment are the ones they hear on every sales right. appointment. So the question is, why do we continue to address those? Why do we continue to use time on that meeting to address those questions? What if we could eliminate those questions, eliminate the concerns and fears and doubts and worries before that meeting even took place? What would happen? Well, we know at least one thing would happen. The meeting would be shorter. <laughs> if it's not shorter, if it's the same length, you're making more progress during that right. meeting. Second thing is, if they see this video before they jump on a call with you, well, now they've had the opportunity to see, hear, and know you. So now they trust you a little bit more, hopefully, right. if you've done a good job on the video. And if you don't have to address these questions in that appointment and they don't have to be addressed on a virtual call with you, well, now you've not only shortened that meeting, but you've shortened the entire sales cycle. Right. And so the 80% video literally is taking those most common seven to 10 questions that come up on every sales appointment, addressing them individually, but also address them in one long video, which is the 80% video. And you assign that to your prospect to watch before that meeting. And if you do it right, you'd be surprised, first of all, how many people will actually watch that video, depending on how you ask. But if, if they watch that video, you're going to notice an immediate improvement in your sales process. And it's going to be, it's going to be one thing that you can do to get started with video. It's very right. easy to pull off. A, a really uh, very specific technical question, but how long are those videos normally? I mean, I, I know there's only a certain uh, point where you can ask someone to watch something. Is this a two minute video? Is this a 20 minute video? Uh, what do you find is kind of the ideal length uh, for, I mean, attention span really? This is the million dollar question, Grace. <laughs> How long should a video be? I well, can't answer deal. it. And I don't know if you can either, but I had to ask. No, there, I mean, there's not a, a really good answer, but this is what I would say. If you have a considerative buying process, meaning that the buyer needs to make some sort of considerations and some sort of decisions, and we want them to make the best purchase, we want them to make, we want them to feel comfortable and confident with their purchase. And we want them to make the best purchase. Depending on what it is, they'll spend time to learn, to become educated, to become confident. And the, the amount of content obviously varies across the different products and services, but we know that they don't want to make a mistake. Right. And so the stakes are high in, in, in different situations. For instance, if you were buying a swimming pool, right, that's something you don't want to buy the wrong thing. That's a major purchase. And so you would probably spend a significant amount of time to become educated on exactly what you need, right. how much it costs and all of these things. If you're buying, you know, a, uh, something small and insignificant, yeah. you know, like that's, that's really not super valuable to you. You're probably not going to spend a whole lot of time, right. but you still don't want to make mistakes. So as far as the length goes, what, what is, what is the buyer in this case willing to consider a reasonable amount of time and, and are they going to get value out of it? The right. biggest thing is they'll watch, they'll watch as much as you give them. If they, if they see the value, 
for instance, if, if you were talking about something like, you know, buying a pool, there's a number of considerations that need to be made before you buy it. Do you want a cover? Do you want a heater? Do you want all these things? You could address all those things and help them. Wow. Now I really have a good sense of the decisions I need to make. And I need to, I need to know these things before I talk with a salesperson. That's the goal here. That's the goal. We're trying to eliminate fears, objections, worries, uh, decisions, make the decision process easier. I've seen 80% videos up to 20 minutes. I've seen some as short as three minutes. It really depends. And it's something that you can test pretty easily. And is it important that um, as you're making this video content that um, the person making the video and the face they see in the video is also the person making the eventual sale? So does every person on that sales team who is in kind of the sales cycle process need to have their own version of a, a video like that? Or can it be kind of just an overall introductory video to the company? We've seen it done a few different ways. Some companies will, given the nature of the questions that they might be addressing in a video like this, they would bring, you know, the subject matter expert on that one thing. Mm. Like, let's say it were a question about customer support when you're working with this company. Well, you'd bring in the you know, customer support manager or right. something like that, and they would address that question. There's, there's pros and cons to, to the way that you do this. I personally, from what I've seen, sales teams are most satisfied when they are the ones that are in the video that they're sending because it changes the mood of the prospect once they actually communicate with them. Right. If you think about this, who do you want them building trust with? Do you want them building trust with somebody they're never going to work with? Or do you want them building trust with you? You're the person who's going to help them with the problem that they've got going on. It's just a matter of what's, what's truly attainable. And also one thing that I've seen grace too, is that some companies that choose to not use the sales folks who are actually sending it, they end up doing it anyways, because what sales folks see is as they're sending it, they're like, they, now they're coming to me and they're asking me for you. You know, they're right. asking me for some, to work with somebody else, to speak with somebody else. I want them to be excited to talk with me. Right. Can I do this? Can I right. make my own version? And, and they end up doing that. And so that's what I've seen. Um, it, it, it depends, you know, yeah. as with yeah. most things. As with most things. Uh, last couple of questions I want to go over with you. And I, I like to kind of ask these questions of everybody. Um, first and foremost, uh, I mean, you guys in your own right are obviously um, selling yourself and selling your own company to clients. You're still in the business of trying to find new customers. You're your own brand with your own brand identity. Uh, internally, how have you guys been changing your marketing strategy to make sure that you're still reaching the audiences that you're wanting to reach and you're still getting in front of those people and, and introducing yourself to new clients? Our investment in... in online training, I think is indicative of really what we are trying to do. We have a goal of creating heroes, which is how we define people who are, are really kicking butt with digital sales and marketing. We want to create some, a, a crazy number of heroes over the next few years, like 10,000 heroes, something oh, like wow. that. And we could never work with that many clients, <laughs> but we still, I mean, that's, that's, that's what we're trying to achieve. And so what we what we're really doing is we want to be a, we want to be a leading company that people know they can go to to get really quality training advice learn to tackle their problems be able to do it themselves you know a hero is somebody in an organization who who rises above the ordinary and does something really spectacular right we want to give people marketing managers content managers videographers sales managers, whatever the case might be, we want to give them all the tools they need to be a hero within their organization. And 
we, we really believe that providing as much value as possible for free uh, or for very low cost is a good way to keep growing the business. And it's something that we're all really passionate about and we believe in. We feel good about it. You know, it's, yeah. it's a good feeling being able to help people uh, at scale. So it's a very cool thing. Awesome. And, and then the last question I want to go over with you. And uh, again, I like to ask it of everybody because I just think it's a fun exercise. And especially as we're talking specifically about sales um, and the sales cycle, what is your imagination of six months from now, a year from now, let's say kind of a post-COVID era, we're all whatever back to normal, you know, whatever that might look like. Do you see the sales cycle and the sales process fundamentally changing forever? Um, do you think that this is kind of the new wave? What is your vision of, of the future for, for the type of work that you're doing? Well, it's certainly a new normal when things go back to, to normal. It's going to be a new one. Um, I think that the timeline for adapting to uh, today's ever-changing buyer has just increased a lot during this. It's just, it, I used to say all the time, I used to actually use this as an exercise with my clients, as, as I used to say, what if somebody could go through the entire buying process only watching videos, never having to talk with you one-on-one? What, what might that, a, a, a fully touchless buying experience, what mm-hmm. might that look like? And the reason I would do that is because now it would show us, well, what can we do now to get closer to that? Right. And I think now the, the more permanent change that is happening is, is we as buyers, we're going to expect to have a more touchless buying experience and be able to self-select, self-configure, self-serve versus going through a long buying process. And, you know, we're just not, we're not going to go back to, to wanting to be sold on things. And that's, I think that's a permanent change. I don't think, I don't think you could do anything to undo that. That's just the nature of what's happened with the internet and, and um, certainly with just how connected everybody is. Yeah. I'm, I'm so fascinated. Every time I ask this question and someone kind of gives me their vision, um, I'm, I'm anxious and excited to see what happens. I, I, I know we all kind of imagined that we may never go back to 100% normal and, and what is this new world going to look like and how is everything going to be different? I think the introduction and expansion of video is uh, 1000% the way of the future. I'm really curious to see how that all kind of uh, shakes out as we get, you know, six months, a year, a year down the line. Um, Zach, I want to thank you for your time and for for joining us in this. I think this is a really fascinating um, area of the market. I think you guys are doing good work. I, I I hope people are excited about you know adding video into their sales process. Again, I think um, to resist video at this point is is probably uh, going to be a tough uh, a tough road ahead. So I hope uh, you've kind of opened some eyes to to the possibility of video in in the sales enablement process and. Thanks so much. It was great talking to you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Grace. If, if anybody is interested in uh, hearing more about what we have to say on these things, we have a great podcast called the Film School for Marketers podcast. It's a lot of fun. You can look it up on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. And obviously check out impactbnd.com for more free resources and things about what we talked about today. Awesome. Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Grace. Thanks.